Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Kurt. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How you two doing? Much better this week. Yeah, yeah. it's good to have Taylor back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm doing well as well. And I mean, we, uh, uh, Kurt and I did some absolute classics the la- uh, last time, the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it, we're definitely going off of the, the beaten path this week uh with our with our two recordings yeah um and i think it's 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 very fitting but it, it's it's glad to, glad to have you back and glad to have you healthy here yeah thank you i'm also glad to be healthy again yeah it's uh never fun being sick and it's always so worried during this covid times you get sick you're like oh shit is this it mm-hmm. right oh my <laughs> god it's it's like that fine line where you're like okay i don't feel like death and and it's only lasting a couple hours and i like sometimes i just wake up too and just feel like shit and that just compounds on whatever else i'm feeling and so it was just a rough day but luckily it was just a day there we go um but yeah uh we're talking about uh two movies this uh week well we're gonna have dan nichols on talk about unfriended dark web but we're also talking about signal and these are two movies that I, I are very divisive. Even if you look at the emails for this week, there's one where somebody says, like loves this movie, and there's one where somebody just fucking hates this movie. So uh, <laughs> I think there's 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 no better way to summarize these two movies. They're divisive for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see what we all think of them. Um, but yeah, uh, the signal, uh, you know, from 2007. This is a redux. We ever, we talked about this with the old crew, but you know, we've talked about this before. You know, sometimes it's worth just bringing bringing a movie back to talk about again, you know, especially sure. get some new input, some new thoughts. And Hey, even for me, it's been like two years since I watched the movie for that original episode. Maybe my thoughts have changed. Uh, not really, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still good to, to, you know, revisit things. So I actually had a listener who emailed, cause I remember we were like, yeah, we're talking about the signal. And then they even emailed me. They're like, you actually covered the signal in this episode. So very astute listeners paying attention to these things. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, the official summary for the signal, uh, Maya and Ben are very much in love, but she cannot quite find the courage to leave her awful husband, Lewis. However, when a mysterious transmission starts turning people, including Lewis, into murderous maniacs, the lovers must go on the run. Um I like this idea of like these signals turning people into um, crazy murderers. If I'm mm-hmm. going to say there was another movie that with that starred Nicolas Cage that had a similar premise. Where yes, Mom and Dad. Yeah, which I, it was fucking great. I don't care. You know, it, it's it's one of the guys. It's one of the guys. It's uh, I think it was Brian Taylor from uh, Neville Dean Taylor who did the Crank movies. Yeah. Um and. I just, I honestly have a real soft spot for a lot of their works. I mean, the Vatican tapes, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of disclude that one. But um, 
there's something about mom and dad that is so inherently great. I obviously it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, I I mean the 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 pool scene down in in his man cave. I mean that scene's mm-hmm. amazing. Or the scene the scene where he's outside sitting on the uh, on the bench with his son and drinking a beer and stuff and reminiscing about his punk days. Yeah. I mean that's fucking great. There's so much great shit about that movie. Um. I again, uh, it, it's it's very divisive and a lot of people are obviously and with good reason hate it, but. Oh yeah, man! I just have such a fucking love for that movie. I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, if you want to do like a triple feature this week, just watch <laughs> the signal and Mom and Dad. Yes, and that will also yes. probably fall into the same category of as a movie you might love or hate. I loved Mom and Dad for the record, but mm-hmm. um, I'm also gonna say you know, those guys made the greatest superhero movie of all time: Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. So, never <laughs> fault them. Did you oh say writer's spirit of friendship? Because that's what I heard. Uh, that's the, <laughs> yes, the, now the it official is. sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Officially, now it is. Yeah, because I remember I got like Blitzkrieg drunk and went and saw Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, and I'm like, I'm yeah. convinced this is a great movie. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's yeah. a way to experience that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I went with a friend to a pretty much an empty theater <laughs> to see that one, and we were howling laughing the whole movie. Like, it yeah. was just so much fun. Yeah, uh, and and maybe the movie wasn't phenomenal, or, or or like I mean, by a wide degree, that's what people consider it as not a good movie. But oh man, was it so much fun to see and just and just to have fun with, you know? And it yeah. just harkened back to a time where a movie didn't have to be like amazingly acted or or put together. It could just be silly and 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 crazy. And and Nicolas Cage could interrogate somebody by shifting by by seemingly not to have any control over the spirit of vengeance inside of him over an insane Romanian scene. Um, uh, there's just so much of that movie that's is crazy fun. I mean, the the villain Pestilence rotting people. Uh, yeah. They did such a good job with that. Idris Elba's in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of like winning stuff in it. I think. Um, I don't think it's going to have like a resurgence of love for it, but there are people like us that definitely dig it. Yeah. Go watch. <laughs> Make it a quadruple <laughs> feature. Go watch Mom and Dad, and then also go watch Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Just but don't watch Cell. No, no, you just skip Cell. Which is about another signal that's driving people crazy. Yeah, that one, that one you can skip. Um... First time uh, we watched it, yeah, I watched this like two years ago for the last recording we did of it. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was that was a pretty easy one for me. Taylor, when was the first time you watched this movie? Uh, for the podcast, okay. I hadn't even heard about it until, or even the other Signal movie, to be honest, uh, <laughs> until we did it for the podcast. This one too, um, I could only really find the 2014 Signal on all of the streaming sites. I looked everywhere. Yeah. I finally searched it up on YouTube. I saw it was for rent, but there was a free, or not, I shouldn't say free, an illegal copy uploaded to YouTube from an account called D- DPRK Archives. And like every single other video on that account was like, it looked like North Korean military archival footage uh-huh. or something like that. It was the most random thing. Uh, <laughs> so that's where I found this movie. I couldn't find it on any other streaming sites. I found it on like, some kind of like library streaming website. Ah, um, I, I, it's like Hoopla, I think, or something like that. They call yeah, it. Yeah, like, Hoopla has it. Yeah, <clears throat> man, is that site garbage? That is like 
if like <laughs> someone with no web experience decided to make a streaming site because it's just like it's it's so it's so bad. But I was grateful that they had it. So, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Steve, when was the first time you watched this movie? Uh, this is something that I, when it came out on DVD, I was working at uh, Rogers Video at the time. And um, just to put it in perspective, um, whenever you saw that it was a magnet release, it was basically the equivalent in horror of seeing an A24 release. Like... Mm -hmm. They they were they were just this killer company that was grabbing uh, they still do uh, grabbing really really interesting properties and putting them out um, and so like this Splinter there's a whole shitload of different ones that were just like fucking blowing the lid off of really great horror and the signal was I, I was just like oh well, this looks interesting I had no idea that it was broken up into three different stories. Mm -hmm. and uh, from three different directors and from directors that I would really start to, to focus on, to, to really be interested in, in, in their work going forward. I mean, Dan Bush did The Vault, uh, which is a really fucked up movie with uh, James Franco. It's like a heist movie that just takes a swerve very yeah. quickly into it. It's, it's a really fucking cool movie. Uh, and then David Bruckner uh, is one of the guys behind Southbound, which is another anthology horror movie that is just fucking phenomenal. So good. Uh, and it shall also be no uh, noted that uh, David Bruckner also did The Ritual, which yeah. is on Netflix. Um, highly, highly, highly recommended movie. It's and, such um, a fucking cool movie. David Bruckner's got that new movie coming out, The Night the House. Night House. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, looks really cool. Oh, man, that looks cool. Yeah. He, he is just very atmospherical uh with with the thing like he he's really good with with dialing in certain elements to to really draw you into his stories which is really funny about uh the signal because i i i feel his story is um his story is hysterically funny yeah in in the signal um crazy in love uh transmission one is such a fascinating conduit into this weird phenomenon and i mean also you have the incredible aj bowen mm -hmm. as a main part of his story playing lewis uh and i mean we've already done house of the devil we've mm -hmm. done you're next so i'd say on this show we're already big aj bowen fans anyway yeah yeah mm -hmm. Also, I somehow completely missed until this very moment that there were three different directors for each of the parts, yep. which yep. totally makes sense because I was going to bring up a point at some point being like, my emotions were all over the place for yes. this movie. Like, yeah. like, it starts off and I am stressed as fuck because this girl uh, goes out into the world and all of a sudden everyone <laughs> is just way too aggressive. And if I was in that situation, my anxiety would be off the charts and i would probably be doing the exact same thing she did which is just avoid 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 run away run away mm -hmm. um and then it gets into yeah the 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 next part of like the middle bit of the movie is almost like a comedy and i really actually enjoyed it like it was mm -hmm. fun and the dialogue was funny um and that makes way more sense now knowing that i don't understand how i missed that i looked up a bunch of stuff about this movie beforehand and i didn't even know that's really cool yeah well, we had an email that brings that thing up. Uh, well, actually, yeah, good uh, segue into the emails. But um, got first one from Ben. 
says, I love this movie. The ending made me cry. Yeah. The, the ending was a little confusing for me, T- TBH. I thought that when they did that little jump to when he puts the headphones on, mm-hmm. um, that was a little confusing because it was like, oh, did that ending actually happen? Maybe that was the point of it, though, to be like, did that actually happen? Or we've been seeing kind of these people when they get the signal in their brain, they kind of flash back or they have hallucinations. So, like, I, I, I couldn't really figure out which direction it was wanting us to think it went. Yeah. 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 They're trying to figure it, you know, is this the final reality of, or, or is it, um, or is it a, you know, or are we going back in time mm-hmm. to the happier times? Even with all that stuff, like I thought it was interesting when, because there's Lewis and then there's the, the lover, Ben, mm-hmm. um, or at least I think that's his name. And, yes, it is. um, there's a scene where he talks to Lewis and he's like, are you Lewis? Maybe I'm Lewis. I'm her husband. You're not her husband. And that fucked me up because I was like, wait, has it been this way the whole time? Or is he just playing him? Like, I can't legitimately tell what's going on now because they show scenes that are like refilmed with the other actors too. And it's like, Ooh, I liked that. Well, the perspectives are all different between, uh, between the three stories. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, perception is something that is constantly played with Mm -hmm. in this film and which also give it the, um, that kind of weird feeling as well. And I I believe the movie is also trying to make you feel like you're infected by the signal as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I feel like that is the common goal between all three of them. And that's why I think that the, the tonal shifts are so easily accepted because of the perceptions. Um, and I, I mean, it just makes this because it already blends into something that I love, which is anthology horror, but it does it in such a fascinating way uh, that it's still telling the same story. Um, yeah, there's something just like, I honestly, when I watched it in 08 and watched it now for the podcast, it was just such a, a great refreshing. It was like, I was like, Oh, right. I love this movie. Like it was just kind of a reminder of how much I enjoyed it. The first time I watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's move away from positivity for a sec here. Tyler says this movie. This movie sucks. It's done by three different directors, and you can tell it's so disjointed, and the three acts don't really work together. Um, I mean, see, and I'm like, I'm so interested now because I didn't somehow know that this was directed by three different directors. Yeah, and I wonder if now that I know going into it and re-watching it, I would change my opinion of it because I didn't really, like, obviously I could tell that there was a tone shift because the first part was way more, like, honestly fucked up feeling than the middle part, which just feels like a comedy kind of in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, I, I, it did kind of feel not that jarring to me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't just because knowing it wasn't three different directors that changed my perception, but, yeah. uh, I don't. I don't know. I felt a lot of different things throughout the entirety of this movie, but it still kind of worked for me. So I'm not quite sure what to say. <laughs> yeah, I I can totally see where somebody could get frustrated with this because, uh, like it is a shift, and you know maybe if you felt invested in like one transmission over the other, sure. Um, I think the movie kind of gets around that with like the whole reality thing. Like that's how they kind of explain that like there's these different maybe shifts. 
Um, I think if the if you know the movie's an anthology film going in, maybe perhaps that would help better than like going in and thinking it's like done by one cohesive vision. Maybe that helps. I don't know. I know the first time I watched it, that was something that frustrated me is that like feeling that it was very um, just sort of like different from each other. I don't. I wouldn't go as far as to say uh, that the movie sucks, but like I, I can yeah. see where someone's maybe coming from. Where you know, if you're watching the movie and then like after one third of the movie it shifts over to something else, that could be mm-hmm. maybe frustrating for some viewers. Again, not for all, but for some. Um, I think for me rewatching it, it was interesting because I now knew that there was the three different parts, and I think I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but, you can see where they shake hands, though. You can see yeah. where each, like on the rewatch, you can see where each th- where each thing meets up. But that I, I think that's part of his draw is it's coming from like it's coming from three different perspectives. Yeah. Um, that all the each wanted to have their own thread within the story, and um, I, I I think well, me for me growing up on on anthology movies and stuff like that, maybe that's why it was more easily able to accept something like this but i but i I thought it was refreshing that they were all kind of digging on the same uh in like initial epicenter but each doing different things with it i i thought those those were great and and show and shows each director's wheelhouse so differently Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i i like movies that kind of show you different takes on storytelling like that like even if it's from the same director sometimes like just seeing a story from multiple angles is fascinating to me but i am a yeah. story person like when yeah. i watch movies i watch them for the characters in the story and yeah. less so the the other details so maybe that's why i, I tend and, to like especially anthologies too mm-hmm. like i i love anthologies and even I when think, they're terrible, i love them <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and i think even where the where the stories don't meet up and where they feel disjointed from each other i think that's the point I really think that's part of the point of each of these stories. Yeah. Um, I would say probably the only real criticism I have is like, I think they could have maybe been a bit more effective with like communicating that it's the three different stories. I feel like it just kind of like, if you're watching this for the first time, like it kind of comes out of nowhere that it's like shifting around like that. And yeah, like, I think the, the movie could have maybe done a bit better of a job to like show its intent. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, well, it is a breezy hour and 40 minutes. True. Like it, it goes by very quickly. Yeah. I think that's like, you know, I, I, I think for maybe somebody who's watching it for the first time, who's never seen it. Yeah. Like maybe tip your hat a little bit more so that that person knows mm. what's going on. But I think mm-hmm. if you've watched it, you rewatch it, you know what's going on. I think you benefit from knowing what the general structure is, and you're gonna get a little more out of it than you would otherwise. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. a, I, I'm not gonna go as far as Tyler and say that the movie sucks, but yeah, I can I can see where he's coming from, and especially if uh, I don't think Tyler mentions if it's his first watch or not. No, he doesn't. Um, I'd be curious to see if this was his first watch or not because I think that really dictates like how someone's going to perceive that structure and what they're going to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I almost didn't know because it was like a little science experiment. Like <laughs> this is yeah. how you experience the movie when you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to some awards here. Um, best line. 
favorite line in the movie? Oh, I wrote down a ton for this. I think they yeah, all came so from the middle bit. They all, they all came from the middle bit, too, where it was, like, a little funnier. Yeah. Um, oh, what is the character's name? The lady that they meet up in the house, her husband's name is Ken, I think. Mm-hmm. Her character had some of the best lines, like, just when... Uh, oh, what is it now? She's talking about her husband, and and uh, Clark comes in, I think, and he looks at him, and he goes, oh, my God. And she goes, I know. He's kind of gross now. Like, it's just little quips like that where it's like, oh, this is a... This is the part two where I was like, this is a tone shift. This is slightly different, but I'm not yeah. hating it. Yeah, my favorite was uh, when the ball drops, I'm going to grab a slut and pee in her butt. Like, <laughs> not subtle at all, but I, I had a good laugh at that line. Yeah. Um, also, just as like, just rap, like totally going for broke. Like no cutting around the bushes or beating around the bushes. Just like go straight for it. I was like, oh, that's that's admirable. <laughs> i like too in that part of the movie where uh i think it's that guy jim who's knocking on the door and lewis has the shovel and he's like we can't risk it i'm killing whoever walks through that door and just the way that he delivers that line with like such gusto is just really funny to me no oh, totally <laughs> what about you steve oh boy i, I mean it, it can even be something simple like why can't you just keep your fucking mouth shut and watch tv uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much, uh, or when Jerry's swinging around the bat, and he's like, hey, stop it, you almost hit my wife. And he's like, you almost killed my fucking wife, sit down. And he's like, dude, what's wrong with him? And he's like, you almost fucked my wife. Yeah. <laughs> there's just so many, just like, there's so much franticness. I just like, again, going to the, I mean, the second story, I love Lewis just basically killing everybody that arrives yeah it's just, it's just, okay. and just the the, the hilarious in between the him rationalizing rationalizing out, out out outwardly to her oh man so funny so funny this this movie is is crazy it, it is a roller coaster of, of tone mm-hmm. and but all like on the same baseline of like this fucked up event um that almost seems like um like a dialed in horror thing that we know like we know we know event horror yeah so but to see it in all these unique voices i think uh and i again i feel like all my favorite lines come from uh, aj bowen mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I think i agree a lot of them come from him that i've written yeah he's he's definitely the vehicle for a lot of those um he's such a gamer you know what i mean in anything yeah. he does too like even his his uh, his subtle serial killer reveal of House of the Devil, like the man just knows how to do that deep genre performance, yeah. um, and still appear like an every dude as at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like he's very innocuous sometimes. Like I think that's what makes him shocking in some in some of his performances that he's done. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I kind of wish I kind of wish we got a little more uh, intro to Lewis as a character before mm-hmm. the signal started to happen. Because, like, when, at the beginning of the episode, uh, you talked or when you were reading the description of the movie, Kurt, you talked about how he's an awful husband. But I don't know if that was ever really confirmed that he was an awful husband. Like, we yeah. knew that she didn't love him, and then when we see him like the first time in the movie he's being weirdly aggressive and mm-hmm. like obviously he has suspicions so ju- maybe justified a bit but like you don't see him before the signal starts so you don't know if any of his craziness 
is because maybe he was this way a little bit beforehand or if it's just the signal. And I, oh, I yeah. did find it a little hard to understand how I should be, if I should be sympathizing with him or not, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the middle bit when he's throwing off so many funny lines and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to be friends with this dude a little bit. Yeah. But then he yeah. like kills everyone, right? So it was a little confusing with his character in that way. Well, and we don't know the the level of Maya's infection Mm-hmm. Um, um, with the event and everything, and as because Anessa Ramsey plays it so subtly, I would say in, in a lot of degree. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, she's kind of the main. She's she's the every person conduit into the film, but there mm-hmm. is still a level of mystery to to what her brain chemistry is like. Yeah. For the majority of the movie as well. I mean, I mean that's the question in the end too, right? So yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, cool. Uh, right. Uh, what other awards we got? We got uh, yeah, best performance. I went with AJ Bowen. Just so I feel mm-hmm. like he kind of steals the mm-hmm. show. I yeah. mean, not to disregard or discount the other performances, but I do feel like. Um, yeah, AJ's performance is one of the stronger ones. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked Ben's character. I was a little suspicious of how much he seemed to know about the signal and everything around it. Like, yeah. how the fuck do you know that all of this is going to stop? And how do you know exactly all this? But mm-hmm. uh, in general, I was like, yeah, get shit done. Like, like he goes in and he he gets shit done. Yeah. Um and and honestly, his character, like, I remember thinking as I was watching the movie, dang, if I was stuck in this kind of apocalyptic scenario where people were killing each other, Ben is exactly the person I want to stick with. Because him and Clark at some point, like, get each other out of their own signal paranoia just by breathing, you know? Like, that's the kind of friend you want when shit's going down. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought his, uh, his actor did a pretty good job, too. So I might actually go with Ben instead of uh, Lewis, but... They were both really good, and they both had. I, there, I wrote down another line from Ben for for a best line where Clark is trying to jumpstart the head, and he's like, he, Ben turns to him and he's like, "I got this. You just finished jumpstarting your head." Like that whole scene too was ridiculous. And funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, especially I think like even in like the second transmission, the one that's like the funnier one, like you get some really good performances, and like you can tell they're able to like kind of flex their comedic muscle too which is pretty great mm-hmm. yeah it they they all play off each other really well when it comes to the comedy stuff it felt like yeah all right um let's see here um oh steve did you did you say your favorite performance uh aj bowen yeah yeah it's it's pretty pretty cut and clear uh though uh, i i mean to to be his the the guy that you kind of trust in um justin wellborn as ben he he's pretty good too mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure um okay let's see here uh best kill i wrote down rod mm-hmm. like rods was pretty good that yep. was the, sh- the shovel beheading right or was that something else? I feel, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think I wrote that one down, too. The only other one that was a contender was uh, poor Laura, the girl who walked in the door and immediately got killed by Lewis. That one's hilarious. <laughs> that one's so funny. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you just it, goes I mean, to town. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, funny in a gallows humor way, but it, it is really funny. Yeah, I just I love the juxtaposition too because, uh, the the other oh I'm to- for- immediately forgetting her name Maya's friend Anna I think that's her character's mm-hmm. name yeah mm-hmm. just immediately starts freaking out too even though she has killed her husband like not that long ago beforehand but now Laura comes in and is killed and she immediately breaks into hysterics I feel like that's probably what pushed her into her little psychosis that she ends up having too mm-hmm. for sure um cool uh let's see any other kills that you want to mention any ones that you, you like particularly well the poisoning is is interesting uh, yeah that was kind of fucked up yeah yeah the poison the poisoning one was i like how they they shot that and kind of deliver that because i like something like i think when you're doing something like that otherwise it can be a little little dry sometimes but how they did mm-hmm. that was pretty dynamic yeah pretty interesting so yeah um cool Okay, let's see here. Uh, dumbest decision. Oh, boy. Uh, the first time that Maya put the headphones on, I was like, girl, that is a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to hear what's going on around you. And then when she got grabbed, I thought she was dead. Like, I was sure that was it for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I put that as well, just because it's like, yeah, the world's going to shit around you. And you're just like, nah, 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 nah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, like, I, I think something similar happens in um, Shaun of the Dead. And whenever, like, scenes like that happen, I always find it the most unbelievable. Because, like, even when I'm listening to music, I'm walking around. I'm still paying attention to what's going on around me. Like, I'm <laughs> So that just bugs me that somebody would be, like, so completely, like, tuned out of the world uh, that they would, um, you know, you know, be like that. So, yeah. Well, with John, that's the point of his character. Yeah, yeah. I think like so aloof. I think if you're comparing, like, yeah, Shaun of the Dead and that scene to this, like, I think it fits Sean's character more mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he would be a little aloof. It, it, in this movie, it just felt more like just yeah, like a bad call, call all around. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, um, yeah. I would say Ben loose Ben uh, uh, loosening uh, Lewis out of the chair. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, if, if you see crazy people all over the place, and you see yeah. someone tied up, maybe leave them tied up. Yeah, because that's an, immediately works. It works against him immediately. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. I um, think I also put um, don't ask crazy people if they're crazy, especially when they have a gun. <laughs> yeah. But that leads to some of the best dialogue in the movie. So I mean, I mean, true, but like also a bad idea, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, cool. I think it's time to rate this. What would you, what would y'all give this a score of? I'm going to give this an eight. I love the hell out of this movie. It's so much fun. Um, it was only made for 50 grand. Made oh my goodness. too. So it was right. Little. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it looks so good for, for the money they spent on it. Um, I really dig what it's trying to go for. Uh, um, as, as far as just pulling your cinematic center in every different direction, and I, I think that's such a refreshing thing. Um, and it, it it reminds you of a time where where a horror had to re renew and retake chances and everything. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I just, I, I think it's sad that the movie now gets kind of lost in the shuffle. But uh, yeah, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Okay. What about you, Taylor? This one's kind of tough because uh, I think I'm going to give it a 7. I, I think knowing that it was directed by different directors actually does resolve a, a couple of inconsistencies that make me go, okay, well, that actually makes sense. Um, I wasn't, I still wasn't super satisfied by the ending ending. And it really is just because of how maybe they cut it to be confusing. Like, it just felt maybe a little bit unnecessarily confusing. But maybe that's just my own personal opinion because I wanted to know. Yeah. how it actually all went down mm-hmm. and there were some there were some parts that i felt like it's weird because there are some parts where i feel like they felt like they could have just given us an answer and there are other parts where i was like oh if they left that a little more ambiguous it would have been cool mm-hmm. so it's i'm kind of all over the place but in general i really like i really like it i this is fun kind of like how steve was talking about a uh, ghostwriter earlier and how it's just <laughs> like a fun movie you know like i felt that through a lot of this even though there were times where i questioned it yeah Who'd have thought that we'd be bringing up Spirit of Vengeance on a, on this podcast, but I'm here for 100%. I'm calling it Spirit of Friendship from now on, and that's how I'm going to pick it going into it from now on, too. <laughs> Next time I'm in a room with like someone from Marvel, I'm going to be like, guys, I want to pitch you a movie. It's a direct Spirit of Vengeance. It's called Spirit of Friendship. I think it would do well. I think it would do well. I think so, too. Um. I'm, I originally gave the movie a 6 out of 10. I think I'm bumping it up to a 7. Uh, I I think rewatching it and knowing that there's three different directors and it's more of an anthology film, I was a little more positive. But I still think, I don't think it's as effective as it could be to relaying its intent of like what it wants to do. I think it's a little rough around the edges. Like you really have to rewatch this movie and maybe know some of the behind the scenes stuff in order for a lot of it to make sense. And I, I don't think that's really something that a movie should be like relaying to the listeners or having the listeners do like, that should just be something that you should just pick up right away. And I, I think that's maybe the biggest fault of the film is that it's just not quite clear on what it's wanting to do. Um, but I think it's still entertaining and it's still uh, an interesting sort of experiment in a lot of ways to have three different directors do three segments of one movie. Uh, the fact that it's not completely unwatchable is a mild miracle, to be completely honest. So, Yeah, I'm honestly impressed that like, even though there is a very obvious tone shift throughout the parts, it still is fairly seamless. Like, I don't... Yeah. You can tell, obviously, but it still works at least for me yeah for sure okay um all right steve uh where can people find you on the internet yeah i am uh on twitter and instagram at the steeple dead i'm on letterboxd i believe under the same uh you can find my website stevestebbing.ca and uh, I am on uh, The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday night at 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And uh, I'm also in the process of putting my own solo project together. Um, actually, actually, Kurt and I had a really great uh, hour-long discussion uh, last weekend uh, that's in the bank, and that'll be coming out soon. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting that shit out because uh, it's so much fun. Uh, it's my own... Uh, thing of just kind of free shitball talking, whatever, just about everything. 
Uh, it's super cathartic and good for my mental health, and hopefully uh, people enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was a, it was a great chat. And then what I, yeah. I, I commend Steve on is the fact that, like, it, it's interesting, but it's also very freeform. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't go into our conversation with much of a, like, or if any, like, structure. It was just, like, us chatting. us just yeah. kind of, like, like, we would, you know, realistically, like, anything that was off the podcast or anything like that. So it was really fluid, really interesting. I, I'm going to totally, yeah, uh, say, yeah, check that out. And you've got another one, too, with Dan, who's going to be on yes. the next episode. So. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about it on that episode too, but just going to shut it out there too. That there's another episode with Dan, friend of the podcast. And really, yes. uh, my nickname for Dan is the Internet's, Internet's BFF. Uh, so <laughs> if you don't agree it's with that, there's something wrong with you. So it's very true. Very true. I like, I don't know Dan as well as you guys, and I would think that Internet's BFF makes perfect sense for him. Yeah, I think so, right? <laughs> cool. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh- mostly on instagram my username is sourceyanic i have twitter too but i never use it i never really use instagram either um (laughs) my website or blog is sourceyanic.home.blog um at some point in 2020 year 2021 i'm going to start streaming too but that's still in the works because i have a lot i have a lot of shit that i want to do and i feel like streaming (laughs) will help me not only organize it but archive it all so we're gonna try that at some point in 2021 and lean into all of my endless hobbies that i want to do so that's awesome uh i'm hoping if i say it on the podcast i'll stop procrastinating and actually just get to doing it so this is me doing that now um but yeah i'll post more about that on my website when it actually happens nice um yeah uh, I'm over at threegreenerds.com where we have uh, podcasts going up almost every single day. Um, and also, too, we're launching a letterbox page uh, probably in the next week or two. So Letterbox has this new thing where it's just – it's not users. It's organizations, so like studios, podcasts, and we're one of the few it's in that pilot program. So that's really cool. I, I think we're going to try – I'm going to try to find a way to like post the Tremble stuff up on there, too. Because uh, they let you like post like uh, articles and stuff like that, so we can hi- hypothetically post the Trumple episodes up on there. So I'm um, I'm hope I'm looking at ways to get that set up. So yeah, uh, if you like Letterbox, as I know a lot of people do, Letterbox is just great as like a service. So keep an eye out for that. We'll give updates in the next couple of weeks too as that kind of grows and develops. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, and then I'm over. At- twitter film critic kurt it's probably the best way to get in touch with me all my other stuff is private but twitter i leave public you can dm me if you want you can tell me how wrong i am about uh about the signal or i don't know maybe you agree i don't know you can reach out whatever you want to do uh until next time where we talk about unfriended dark web bye for now <laughs>